you've been with us these last two Sundays, we've been in Isaiah 9, keying on four Jesus titles, come out of verse 6 in Isaiah 9. These names we often think about around Christmas time because Isaiah looked forward to Jesus, one of a number of prophets who did. But Isaiah's prophecies are probably the most familiar to us around Christmas time. And Isaiah said that a child would be born, a son would be given to us, and the government would be on his shoulder, and his name would be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Eternal Father, Prince of Peace. So for the last two Sundays, we've been working through those names and, and what they mean. Tonight, I want to return to Isaiah 9, just briefly single out one word that shows up in two verses here. And you always look for things that are repeated when you are reading Scripture because when you find repeated things in a chapter or block of thought, that's the emphasis. And so we've got a word that gets repeated in Isaiah 9. It's the word increase. And it's, uh, it's a unique coupling because two things are said to increase for us in relationship to Jesus, and that is joy and government. These things are actually linked in Isaiah 9, but it's an odd linkage. Increasing joy, I'll take, you'll take. Increasing government, no thanks. One of these things is not like the other. If you want to see this for yourself, you didn't bring a Bible, you can access Isaiah 9 on any uh, Bible app on your phone, or you can take the Pew Bible in front of you. It's a red book, and on page 573, in that Pew Bible, you will find Isaiah 9, page 573 in the Pew Bible. I'm just going to read you verse 3 and verse 7 from Isaiah 9. Listen for the word increase. Verse 3 in Isaiah 9, you have multiplied the nation. You have increased its joy. They rejoice before you as with joy at the harvest, as they are glad when they divide the spoil. And then verse 7, of the increase of his government, this one being given, and of peace, there will be no end. On the throne of David and over his kingdom to establish it and to uphold it with justice and with righteousness from this time forth and forevermore, the zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this. This word increase, it's an experience. Uh, it's an exponential kind of experience. An exponential experience of increasing joy, and the linking in the text is increasing joy by way of the government of one who will rule us. We know that one to be Jesus Christ. One comes with the other. When this prophecy of Isaiah's, a prophecy with both near and far fulfillments, it had a, it had a near implication to the nation as it was uh, about to undergo the onslaught of Assyrian aggression in that particular time, 800 years, the, the far fulfillment, 800 years after Isaiah, Jesus would come into Bethlehem. An exponential experience was opened when that happened by way of knowing Jesus, and it's the experience of increasing joy by way of Jesus' government increasing over us. Now, again, I like increasing joy. I like the sound of that very much. But increasing government, if we're talking about just government in and of itself, no. Even though as Americans we enjoy a great form of government, at present it is functioning quite annoyingly. But in Isaiah 9, joy in experience is linked to a certain kind of government. 
a government that has a reach that no human government has or will ever have. Isaiah links joy in experience, an experience of joy, to the reach of this particular government and the broad-shoulderedness of the one in authority over it, that his shoulder can bear the burden of ruling and, and joyfully. It is not burdensome for him to rule, but his rule is one of joy to joy for the people that he takes for himself. This is what Isaiah was previewing, increasing joy by way of a government that will increase, it starts small and it enlarges. This is linked here. Now, this is a head scratcher. If you put increasing joy and increasing government in the same sentence, without Jesus showing up in that sentence, in that thought, uh, then you've got a weird thing. But it's not a head scratcher because Jesus enters the picture as a ruler who expands his joy over those he rules. And the rule of Jesus is not optional. It's easy to want the joy and the benefits of knowing Jesus, but they come to us when we take the rule of Jesus over us. See, faith is not just acceptance of Jesus as the one sent from God to redeem us from the power and the penalty of our sin, our sin in, in both unrighteous and self-righteous expressions. Faith has to grow into allegiance. It really has to grow into love. Only as it does that, is the experience of joy exponential open to us? Now, maybe you would say tonight, I hear Christians talk about joy. I, I, I sang joy to the world. Other lines and other Christmas songs tonight include the word joy, words the children used, full of joy. All this reference to joy. I, I get that there's something about Christianity and joy but I don't know that I ever really experienced this. And I'll tell you just from personal disclosure, my church knows this quite well. I've been very open about it, but as someone who's a depressive myself, I can understand that. I can understand the one who says, you know, I hear a lot about joy, but I don't know if I ever experience it. I understand that from one angle. I'm not implying that you're a depressive, but I'm someone who has to fight for joy. And because I have to fight for joy, um, I, I, I empathize with the one who says, you know, I, I don't know that I ever experienced this. I hear a lot about it, but what is it? What is it? You know, it, it seems like we always end up qualifying. <laughs> Here I go doing this thing that it doesn't always seem necessary, but we do it. When, in our circles, we talk about joy, and we always want to qualify that, you know, it's different from mere happiness. And I don't know that it is that much. When you think about joy and happiness, they, they run the same track. Both involve enlargement. I'm, I'm happy when I get something I want or I like, something I've sought for. That brings me happiness. Hopefully, you'll be happy with your gifts tomorrow, maybe even joyful. They're really not that different in experience. Maybe there's a sense where joy seizes upon us, whereas uh, happiness uh, uh, is, is, is sort of public domain, but one difference between joy and happiness that is an actual difference and is worth noting is that joy is capable of enlargement even in loss. And that's what makes joy something that is distinctly Christian as it's connected to a relationship with Jesus. Put it in, in this uh, terms, when my child drives away to college, I'm not happy 
because there is loss in this for me. She's going away. And yet the joy that I do experience in that is that here is my child now being able to, to be on her own, to show that she is, has been raised and, and knows how to conduct herself in the larger, wider world and, and not needing uh, our, our help so much anymore. She's able to, to fly out of the nest, as it were, on her own. There's joy in that, even though it involves loss. Or every suffering that we've had to endure, if, if, if in my suffering someone has been helped by something that I've suffered, there is joy in that for me, an experience of, of, of joy in helping someone, though that means I never wanted the suffering. I, I wasn't happy with that. But joy can enlarge, it can increase from loss in a way that happiness itself usually can't. So when I say I fight for joy, what I mean by that is not I'm trying to be happy. Rather, I'm trying to keep in view all that I have under the rule of Jesus. I'm trying to keep in view his governing me. I may have to fight for joy, but, but never by fighting God. Everybody who experiences joy knows this. It doesn't come when we fight God, but when we surrender to him. I fight God whenever I insist on my own understanding. And we do this a lot. If this or that doesn't make sense to me, why did this happen to me? Why did that not happen to me? Then, then God is, is not worthy of my trust. That's leaning on my own understanding. I fight God whenever I insist on my own way, my own governance. I fight God when I neglect repentance as a part of life under his rule, my, my capacity for joy enlarges as the government of Jesus increases over me. That's really the thought that I want to give you. Is our capacity for joy, it, it enlarges as the government of Jesus increases over us. And increasing joy doesn't mean that every day is going to be a skip in the park. I'll still have troubles, I'll still know suffering. But even so, what happens in increasing joy is that I'm learning to prize Jesus in and through all of that, whatever it is, rather than thinking he's turned on me or he's not done enough for me, or that somehow his coming to, to us on earth somehow bypasses me rather than enveloping my life. On my worst days... On my worst days, when all I can really manage is just saying the word Lord and knowing even as I articulate his name, his title, he's present and he's for me, that's all the space sometimes that joy needs to come in through the cracks. It comes in like sunlight through the slats on the blind of a, of a window facing east in bright morning sun. The light will get through the barrier, and as the light gets through the barrier, I see my way to fight for joy. And by that light, I also pray, search me, O God, and see if there is any way in me that is offensive in the sense that I'm fighting you. And if I am, would you show me again how to prize Jesus Christ? Because if I want to know joy, I've got to know him. And it can't be a surface knowledge. It can't be an annual tip of the hat to him. It's got to be a sustained, progressive 
surrendering of my life and, 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 and my faith developing into allegiance, the allegiance of love for him. His coming here, it seems so long ago to us, doesn't it? So long ago. But he came here as a joy giver. And the brilliance of that is that joy starts so small, but it enlarges. There's all this time ahead of him for his joy to enlarge until, look today. His government starts small, but the, the beauty in coming when he did is that the, the, the government grows. His rulership Joy increasing necessitates coming under his rule. But as we do, the joy enlarges with ever-increasing blessing. To us, a child is born. To us, a son is given. And the government shall be upon his shoulder. And his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Eternal Father, Prince of Peace. May I pray. A few thoughts tonight, Lord, on the linking between our experience of joy and the increase of your rule over us. Thank you that you've made joy in such a way that it can enlarge even in loss. Some of us in this room have sustained great losses this year. And we're thankful for Christmas. And we delight in seeing what it does in the eyes of and the smiles of our children and our grandchildren. But Lord, uh, we've had to fight for joy. And for those in particular who uh, know this as a way of life, would you show us again and again how to prize Christ in all things? And Lord, for it to be more than just a devotion, for it to become the, the rhythm and the, the scope and the core of our, of our living, that he would matter more to us than truly anything else. Lord, as we do that, everything else begins to take its, its proper spot. And we, we derive the happiness and the joy as well from those things when our lives are centered and controlled and ruled by you. But Lord, it's something to learn. It doesn't happen all at once. It's not automatic. It's something to pursue. Joy is. And so help us in this. Help us in our weakness, in our easy distractions, in our preoccupations with ourselves, and so much that has to be done. Lord, Christmas is not about making room for you. Christmas is about being uh, reminded that you've invaded this world and that you will not leave it alone. And we are grateful for that. And we're grateful that you made room for us. So thank you, Lord Jesus, for this time. Thank you for this night and the day that follows that we can celebrate your birth because it means the incarnation of God and it means our wholeness in you. We're grateful for this and we pray it in Jesus' name. Amen.